<laughs> so I've so enjoyed looking at the nativity and this first Christmas over this last month. It's been a lot of fun. We, we saw how this baby boy, this baby boy Jesus, who was born in a manger, how he changed everything. It's been a good Christmas here at Lifespring. I think today is going to be no different. If you remember three weeks ago, we looked at those wise men. We saw how they brought intentional and purposeful gifts to the king. And, and we asked the question, what are you bringing to the king? And we looked at Elizabeth, the, the mother of John the Baptist, and we saw how God brings life to barren places. Last week, I really enjoyed last week, we looked at two characters, tried to fit them in. The innkeeper, who may or may not have existed, but we saw how each one of us needs to make room in our lives to allow God to do a miracle. And then finally, we looked at Joseph. Joseph, who couldn't understand why God chose him to be the stepfather of the Son of God. And, and I talked about our lives and how God has chosen each one of us. And I challenged us to be obedient to what God has called us to do. Today we're going to close with the last two characters, the shepherds, and maybe the most famous one at all other than Jesus, Mary. What it must have been like to be those shepherds. I, I think about those shepherds. Remember, the, the Bible tells us they're out there watching their flock by night in some fields. But then all of a sudden... They encounter an angel and their lives are changed forever. You know, it was a night like any other night. Except, except for that angel. Man, I ain't seen nothing like that before or since. So bright, so, so beautiful. We shepherds, we don't get a whole lot of excitement out there in the field. So when that angel came, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Sam, you've been out in the pasture too long. <laughs> and you'd be right, I'll tell you. But, but I know what I saw. That angel, man, that angel came right up to me. It spoke to me. It said, don't be afraid. I was like, too late. <laughs> and then he said, Wait a second. Here, I wrote it down. When, when an angel talks to you, you don't mess with that. You don't want to forget. He said, bread, cheese, eggs. Oh, wait, that's my grocery list. Sorry about that. Here it is. Here it is. He says to me, he says, I've got good news of great joy that shall be unto all people. For unto you is, is, is born this day in, this, in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then he said... He's lying in a manger, wrapped in cloth. Go find him. <laughs> Okie dokie. I, one of the other shepherds, I think it was Steve, he was like, what are we waiting for? So we hightailed it on out of there, and we found Bethlehem, and we found that manger. And, oh, that beautiful, that beautiful baby boy. You know, my life, my life ain't been the same. God chose me. And before that, in my life, ain't nobody ever chose me for nothing. Good news, he said. Great joy for all people. All people. That meant me. And that means you too.
Yeah, you can applaud. Let's read what the Bible has to say about these shepherds. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. There were these shepherds. Apparently one was named Steve. (laughs) Shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem, see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I love that Jesus' birth is announced to shepherds. His birth could have been announced to anyone, anywhere, but it was announced to shepherds. It goes against how I think you should announce maybe a king and and a king's birth. But when God stepped into humanity, when he stepped in to redeem it, when the savior of the world arrived on the scene, God chose to identify himself with us in the humblest of ways. Take a look. I mean, Jesus' birth, the, the king's birth, it was a simple birth in a rural setting to a family of average social status. And yet, though he is born in a animal feeding trough, a manger, as humble as it gets. His birth is also accompanied by the attention of the heavenly host. And then there's these shepherds, these shepherds who are privileged to share in this moment, this moment of both simplicity and majesty. The king's birth, it's announced to them. They are witnesses. They are bearers of a story that is so full of wonder and joy. God chose to entrust this magnificent story to them. Shepherds with little to no social standing, without a voice in the community. But I want us to understand this this morning. This is important. It wasn't by accident. It wasn't by accident. This is all a part of God's intentional plan. The shepherds were a part of God's plan. I want to give you four reasons this morning. If you're taking notes, you might want to write these down. But four reasons why God revealed Jesus' birth the shepherds. But before we move on, let's go ahead and pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for this season. I thank you for these wonderful people that are here this morning. Bless them, Lord. Encourage their hearts. Encourage their spirits this morning. Build them up, Lord, into your joy, your peace, and your hope. We thank you, Lord, for the shepherds 2,000 years ago that witnessed this baby boy in a manger. We thank you that today we have the same privilege to witness you once again. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen.
So if you're taking notes, number one reason, God revealed Jesus' birth to the shepherds to shame the religious leaders. Shame the religious leaders. They were full of pride. If you read your New Testament, they are proud in their outward observance of the law. They're proud thinking they are more religious than everybody else. Yet inwardly, they were spiritually void. They were spiritually empty. A fact that Jesus would later point out in his ministry, calling them beautiful on the outside. But what does he say? He says, but full of dead men's bones. So instead of God revealing the king of the Jews to the spiritual leaders of the day, he revealed the king of the Jews to lowly shepherds. The lowly shepherds, which, by the way, is so in line with who God is and how God operates. It's it's consistent with what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 1. Paul says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. That scripture is so good. So God, he revealed Jesus' birth to the shepherds to shame the religious leaders. Number two, God revealed Jesus' birth to the shepherds to bring the shepherds joy. I love this one. Look look again at verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Can you say joy? For who? Say all. All. Say joy. Joy. (laughs) Say all. It's joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah The Lord, by bringing this announcement to the shepherds, it showed that Jesus' kingship, it wasn't just for the elite or the privileged or the religious leaders. It was going to be for everybody. The good news, Jesus himself was for all the people and it would cause great joy for all of us. The shepherds received that joy. You can see that in the scriptures. Did you did you hear what I just said? The shepherds. They glorify and they praise God. And 2,000 years later, each one of us, we can share in that joy. The joy of a Messiah. The joy of a deliverer. A joy of the Savior of the world coming to this earth to save us. This morning, does it bring you joy to know God? Does it bring you joy to know that God became flesh for us? It's a really important question. I mean, think about how you live your, your life, how you wake up and how you go to bed. Do you have joy? Are you filled with joy knowing that Jesus came to your rescue? Do you realize, this might sound harsh, but do you realize that you sit here this morning not deserving to hear the gospel? You did not deserve to receive eternal life. You didn't deserve any good news to be brought your way. (laughs) And you're probably not someone of great influence or high position. There's nothing within you that would have made you worthy to meet with the king. But yet God sent his son for you, regardless of your position of life, regardless of what you've done. God, out of his great love, 
sent his son to be the savior of the world. And more importantly for you, he sent his son to be the savior of you and me. He came to save you. It's better news than we will ever understand. But then the more that we kind of understand it and comprehend it, what it really means to meet with Jesus, to have encountered him, the more we are filled with joy. This morning, if you've been a recipient of God's grace and salvation, then you are to be filled with joy. I am tired of meeting and hanging out with Christians that are not filled with joy. It's time for you to meet with Jesus again. Filled with joy. You did not deserve to be saved. But God revealed himself to you. And it's for your joy. So God revealed Jesus' birth to the shepherds. And he brought them joy. Number three, God revealed Jesus' birth to the shepherds for the sake of Mary and Joseph. You, you see this in the scriptures. You see God's concern for this young couple again and again throughout the story. We talked about this last week, right? They were both up against it. They had to show a tremendous amount of faith and obedience through this entire ordeal. Look at Joseph. Joseph, he could have divorced Mary, right? When he found out that she was pregnant, but instead he's obedient to the angel. He's obedient to this angel who tells him in a dream to take Mary as his wife. Now, look at Mary. Mary could have rejected this divine appointment that she had to deliver this baby boy. What a fearful proposition that must have been. But instead, she obeys God. She tells the angel in Luke chapter 1, verse 38. Talk about obedience. Listen to what she says. This is her answer. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. The obedience of Mary and Joseph is incredible. They, they both have encountered these angels. And they could have passed off these encounters as, as just dreams or wild illusions. But instead, they accept the angel's message and they obey the Lord. Now, take these experiences with the angels that Mary and Joseph had. And now, and now add them to the shepherds and, and what they've experienced. And now the shepherds come and they begin to describe their experience with the angel. And after all of this has taken place. The Bible says Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. So many ways you can picture this. I mean, you can see the shepherds there. They're filled with joy. They just talked to the angel and they talked about how the heavenly host had appeared and, and they praised God. And then you see Mary hearing it all, this new mama hearing them speak. And she treasures up all these things in her heart. She ponders them in her heart. The shepherd's testimony, it confirms to Mary and Joseph what they had already experienced themselves. It's confirmation from the Lord. This is God's goodness. This is God's grace to Mary and Joseph. In your own life, think about in your own life the significant decisions you've had to make. Maybe it's a house or a job or figuring out which school to attend or who to marry. Think about those. And then, and then often afterwards you experience an affirming sign of your decision. Has that ever happened to you before? You bet. You bet. And I love that about God. But as Christians, as followers of Christ, I would say this. You don't need that sign of affirmation. You don't. We're going to follow him regardless. But boy, when God gives us these gifts of his grace, it's such an encouragement and a comfort to us. It reminds us that God is with us, right? That God is with us. He hasn't left us alone. And you can see this this first Christmas. God revealed Jesus' birth to the shepherds. For the sake of Mary and Joseph, out of his love for Mary and Joseph, to encourage them, to remind them that they weren't alone, that they were in the midst of a miracle. And then finally, and most importantly, 
Number four, God revealed Jesus' birth to the shepherds to reveal himself. When the angel appears to the shepherds and tells them that a Savior has been born in the city of David and they would find him lying in a manger, you see what happens? They, they're immediately surrounded by the heavenly host of angels. But these angels, they do not sing of the birth of the Messiah as, as I would expect. Instead, the shepherds hear angels singing glorious praises to God in heaven. Luke chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. God reveals the birth of his son to shepherds so that they might know that the son brings glory to the father. And this son brings peace to the world that has fallen so very far from God's amazing love and amazing grace. This most high God, this God of the universe, he sent heavenly beings to distant fields so that simple shepherds would be the first to hear this good news. The good news of the gospel that flows from the heart of a good God. God, the father bridged the gulf that separated himself from sinful creation by sending his son to be born in a manger. By sending his son, the maker of heaven and earth revealed himself, showed himself once again to be worthy of praise. Psalm 136 or 126 says the Lord has done great things and we are filled with joy. Look at 2 Corinthians 6:18. This is Paul writing and Paul reminds the Corinthian church to remain separate from the world, to remain faithful to God, the God who promises, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Paul, he's quoting almost the exact words of the prophet Nathan who told David about God's promise to him at the birth of Christ, we have an angel bringing news of the fulfillment of this promise. To these humble shepherds. This is an announcement that is going to spread throughout the entire world. But first, it is declared to a frightened group of socially insignificant shepherds. And the angel tells them, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. In this proclamation, God wants us to know who he is. He wants us to know who he is. I am the I am who was and is and is to come. God is declaring that I deal with shepherds. As easily as kings and queens, a tattered group as readily as a regal court. He would say, why do you think my son was born in a manger, in a lowly manger? Pay attention, people. God is saying that on that starry night, that he, the God of everything, the creator of the cosmos, whose thoughts are not our thoughts, whose ways are not our ways, he came to our level. He came into our mess. He came into our humanity to reveal himself to every man, king or servant, master or slave, wise men or shepherd. By revealing Jesus' birth to the shepherds, God is revealing himself and God is revealing his love to his creation, to the world, to everyone in this room. He, he revealed himself. He revealed his love to us. John three sixteen. it says it perfectly. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved those shepherds. That he gave his only son, that if those shepherds would believe in him, they would not perish, but they'd have eternal life. For God so loved you, that he gave his only son for you, that if you would believe in him, you will not perish, but you'd have everlasting eternal life. I hope you're beginning to see how important these shepherds are. Do you see that? I, I, I hope you never look at them the same again. 
They remind us of a God who revealed himself to us. Every man, every woman, 2,000 years ago, he revealed his son to these shepherds. To these shepherds for their joy, for their benefit, for their good, and ultimately for his glory. 2,000 years later, he wants to reveal Jesus to us in the same way for our joy, for our benefit, and ultimately for his glory. So here we are, December 22nd, a couple of stressful days away from Christmas. If you haven't gotten your holiday Christmas shopping done yet, they're stressful for me because I have to try to wrap the presents. And that's just an awkward thing. I'm not good at it. But luckily my kids are young enough to not care. But you know, some of you this morning have come in feeling pretty lousy. It's it's just the honest truth, right? You got no hope. You got no joy. No peace. You got no money. Your health stinks. Your job stinks. You look at your family. Your family's dysfunctional. Your own personal episode of Jerry Springer. It's, It's a mess. It's true. You know what life feels like? Life feels like you're hanging out in some distant field with a bunch of dumb sheep. And sometimes it feels like you're going to die all alone in that same field with those same sheep. Wherever you might be today, in a field or in this church, God wants you to know that he sent his son for you. Just like God led the shepherds and the wise men and others to Jesus, God wants to lead you to Jesus today. I want to make this really obvious and clear this morning. Many in this room feel very alone, without hope, without joy. But God sees you today. He's aware of you. The Bible tells us, in fact, that he knows you so well that he knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows you at an intimate level. He knows you. And in that same scripture, it says that you are valuable To God, you are of value. You matter to God. He knows you. He loves you. And he wants you to know his son. In fact, he's been drawing you to himself for quite a while. If you're honest with yourself, you know that he's been calling you again and again. As you've been hanging out in that field where you've been taking care of those sheep, he has been calling you. He's been calling you because he wants you to find his son, Jesus Christ. And he doesn't want to make it difficult. He wants you to find Jesus. But yet, for whatever reason, you have never obeyed his call to meet with the king of kings. Christ the Lord. Maybe it's because of what you've done in your past. Maybe because of what you're doing now. Maybe it's because of that divorce or that abortion. Maybe it's because you know you're living with your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Or you know you're addicted to drugs or sex or alcohol and you feel powerless to stop. And so you do not take the time to listen to angels. You turn a deaf ear to God because you feel unworthy over the things that you've done. And I can promise you the shepherds, they show us that God's call on your life is not based on how worthy you are. If he can call lowly shepherds, if he can call Dan Bursch, who, by the way, has done some completely terrible things in my life. If he can call the worst of sinners, he can call you. But you got to say yes to his call. Today is an opportunity to say yes to God. Yes to God, to follow God, to experience maybe for the first time in your life, the peace, the hope, the joy that comes from knowing him and knowing his son, Jesus Christ. And knowing his son, Jesus Christ, following Jesus is the best thing that could ever happen to any one of us. Because this baby boy who was born in that manger, he changed everything. His time on this earth is the defining moment of all of history. He changed everything. The baby boy whom all these characters over the last several weeks 
came and saw him. This baby boy, he changed their life, but he changed our life as well. Because this baby boy, he didn't stay a baby forever. We were not changing his diapers forever. He grew up to be a man. He lived a sinless life. He, he, and, he, and he died a painful death. Three days later, he rose again. Why? Because God loves us. Jesus changed everything. Without Jesus, humanity was on a road to destruction. We were destined for death without Jesus. We were hopeless. We were without joy. We were without life. Romans 3. Read Romans. It describes the state which we're in so well. It says, none of us is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All say all. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. It goes on to say later that all have sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us sinners. And the wages of that sin is death. But God. But God. But God's love for us. He didn't want to see us die. He loves us. He wanted to give us eternal life. Life more abundantly. He wanted us to live with him forever. So Romans 5, 8, it says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Christmas reminds us that while we were still sinners, while I was still living it up, sinning 180 degrees in the wrong direction of God, God, out of his great love for me, sent his baby boy for me. This baby boy was sent for you. This baby boy who would grow up, die for us, to save us of our sins. He changed everything. He changed my life forever. He did. I, I, I know who I was outside of Christ. Oh, but I know who I am in Christ. There's a polar opposite between who I was outside of Christ and who I am in Christ. One was destined for death. The other is walking in eternal life. He changed me. He rescued me. He saved me. He changed my heart. He's changing this community. He's changing our hearts. Have you noticed he's changing this church? One day he's going to come back and he's going to come as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he's going to change everything again. Amen. 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 But the question still remains. December 22nd, this Christmas season. Are you willing to allow him to change everything in your life? Scary proposition. You don't have to. But are you willing to obey God? Are you willing to meet with Jesus? Are you willing to allow him to change your life? In fact, give you a new life. This Christmas, today, are you willing to allow him to change you forever? And with that question, there's one character over the past month that we kind of left out so far. One who was more intimately connected with Jesus, to Jesus, than anyone else during his birth. His mother, Mary, his mama, what it must have been like to be Mary, the, the mama of the Son of God. Think about her life. Think about how her life must have changed. The virgin who carried the Savior of the world, Jesus, he must have changed everything. For as long as I could remember... We've been waiting for the Messiah to come for us. My family, our tribe, our whole nation 
And I always knew that he would come. But let's be honest, it's not like I'm from Jerusalem or someplace special. I'm just a girl and a girl from Nazareth. Everybody knows not much good comes from Nazareth. Never has. So I thought for sure that angel showed up to the wrong house with his announcement. But if that's what God wanted, who was I to tell him he was wrong? And Joseph, God bless that wonderful man. He could have joined in with everybody else. He could have had me sent away. He could have even had me killed. But he just never broke the promise to marry me. So when the time came for him to go to Bethlehem for the census, I was honored, honored to ride by his side. Even with heartburn and bloated cankles and nine months of pregnancy behind me. You know those women who try different things to induce labor, like taking frequent walks or eating spicy food? Well, what they should try is a bumpy 70-mile trip to Bethlehem. Because when we got there, and I had never done this myself before, but even I knew it was time. And with every wave of pain, I tried to ignore the fact that my family wouldn't be there to help me. And I would be bringing this baby into the world without the familiarity of home. But when Jesus finally got there, I forgot all of that, though. I just wrapped him in cloths and I made the most comfortable bed I could for him with the only thing I had, which was an animal sleeping trough. Joseph said I should have been sleeping. I just couldn't stop staring at him. There he was, the one the angel had told me about. My heart was so full. I can't even find words to express it. Now, I know I'm not the first young woman to bring a child into this world. It's always been that way. But when I looked at my son, at my Redeemer, I knew he was going to change everything because he had already changed me. Absolutely beautiful. The last words of that song. My whole life has been turned around. I once was lost. Oh, but now I'm found. A baby changes Praise God for His Son, Jesus. Praise God. Do you see 
this good God, this God who is calling us to himself through Jesus. Father, God has made a way for us to have relationship with him again. Even though we were sinners, even though God, he could not tolerate our sin, by Jesus coming to this earth, by Jesus dying for our sins, God has made a way for us to once again have relationship with him. I want to pray for us. And as we pray, be honest with yourself. Be honest in this moment. Is God speaking to you? It's a simple question. Is God speaking to you today? Is he calling you to himself today? And if he is, if he is, if the God of the universe is speaking to you today, then respond to him right now. Respond to him. He loves you so very much. Bow your heads with me as we pray. Lord, we thank you again for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for this Christmas season. We thank you for this gift, this gift that you've given us. You are the author of the greatest story ever told, ever written, the story of your love, the story that would send your son, your only son, Jesus, to this earth. That holy night, that holy night where he'd be born to a virgin in a manger. But that one day, your son, he would become an innocent sacrifice for the forgiveness of my sins, Dan Bursch's sins, for our sins, dying on the cross, raising again from the dead so that we can be saved. Thank you, Lord, today for giving us the precious gift of your son. As we continue to pray, the Bible tells us that anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. That if you confess Him as your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. And guess who that includes? It includes me and it includes you. It includes the adulteress, the luster, someone who's got greed, someone who's got pride, someone who's failed at their marriage, someone who just can't seem to get it right, someone who is filled with unforgiveness. It includes you, teenager, who has lost your virginity. It includes you who are struggling with sexual issues and identity. It means you that has anger towards your dad or your mom. It includes you who has anger towards God. The Bible says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this morning, as we pray, there are some of you this morning that God brought you here for this moment. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to call on the name of Jesus. He's going to hear you and he will forgive you and he will make you new. There are those of you today that this is the time for you to give your life to Christ. You've been in those fields all alone with those sheep, but it's time to meet with Jesus. And those of you who would say, I want to know Christ, I want to give my life to Him, I want forgiveness of sin, in fact, I don't care what anybody else thinks, the person to my right or to my left, but I need Jesus. Jesus, take my life, I give it to you. If that's you this morning, would you lift up your hand? Would you lift up your hand? Let me see you. Lift up your hand. Absolutely, I see you. Beautiful. I see you, buddy. God bless you, brother. Best decision you can make. Anybody else? Yes, I see you in the back. You bet. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Go ahead and put your hands down. Forgive us of our sins, Lord. We want to know you right now. And as we confess you as our Lord and Savior, there's the promise from God and heaven above that we get to encounter Jesus. We get to meet with the King of kings and the Lord of lords get to have a relationship with God. So if 
we could just pray together uh, and, and pray together. This is a prayer that some of the people that raise their hands, maybe they're praying for the first time. But let's pray it together. Just say it aloud. Pray, Heavenly Father, save me from my sin. Make me new. I believe you died for me so that I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I can serve you boldly for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. It belongs to you. Say this out loud. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.